Hey y'all, welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Um, it's another week and we're back again. Uh, so you know what? We're just gonna get this little show started. Today I'm gonna be your host and I'm gonna be Kamala Harris. Uh, I will be Senator Kamala Harris right now, um, the expected to be Vice President of the United States. And you know, I have feelings about all kinds of those things and all of that stuff, but we'll get into that. Um, if you are enjoying these episodes, please make sure that you drop me a rating. Give me five stars. I would like five stars, really. And comment on whatever podcast app that you're listening to me on. Without y'all, this is not possible. I am enjoying doing this every day more and more and more. And you're helping me achieve a dream that I didn't even realize that I wanted to work so hard for. But I'm loving it. I'm loving y'all. I'm loving your feedback. I'm loving everything about this. And it's just, it's become amazing. It's amazing. And it's just fun to do. So I at least wanted to just say that. And if you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to do so. You can do that on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Or you can email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. And I will make sure to check you out. Maybe I'll read your email. Maybe you send me a video clip. I'll watch the video clip. Um, we are going to have a curse word limit today. In honor of yesterday being Indigenous Peoples Day, I'm going to give us the right to say six curse words. Six curse words when you're directing them at me. And then after the six, I'm going to stop reading. But I'm going to challenge you. Please find a way to curse me out but only use food names as your curse words after you reach your six or before you reach your six. Like, curse me out. Like, be like, you that stupid donut motherfucker. Something like that. I'm here for it. <laughs> but let's get this show started, y'all. Um, so like I was saying, yesterday, it was Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm so happy about it. Now, Indigenous Peoples Day. That is a day that honors Native Americans and the history and culture of Native Americans. Um, this whole day was actually sponsored by the United Nations in 1977. Um, before that, we would call it something very terrible, uh, Columbus Day. Columbus is a disgusting individual. I'm very glad that the doll is gone and dead because Columbus did nothing good for the United States of America, or before it was called the United States of America, this land that belonged to the indigenous people that lived here. Um, Columbus Day started in 1792 um, to celebrate, and I use this in air quotes, his discovery of North America. Um, let's not forget that you cannot discover something when people already knew about it. Um, I'm just going to say it that way. You can't discover something when thousands of people, thousands upon thousands, already lived here and knew about the place that already existed. Um, but the change of celebrations from Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day is huge. Um, you know we're in a different climate now, especially with us seeing Black people being killed left and right by the police on television. Racial inequality, inequality is still in existence and in full effect. We've got the racist and commander-in-chief, and we've got the bigots who support him all over our country. And 
Columbus Day was probably a good celebration for the people who believe in that ideology because what did Columbus really do when he came here? Um, Columbus came here and he raped people, murdered people, stole their land, spread disease. I mean, those are just like the tips of the icebergs of the things that happened. Um, he also enslaved people. He enslaved a lot of people. And why would we celebrate that? You know, I saw a great picture online. It was a picture of a Columbus statue and it was spattered in red paint that was supposed to be blood. And it said, why are we celebrating genocide? Because that's literally what we're celebrating when we celebrate Columbus Day, as in Columbus's achievements and activities of what he was doing. It is genocide. Um, Native Americans' lives were destroyed. They died from smallpox and many other diseases that were brought over by Columbus. There was violence that decimated the population. And then they had the nerve to say that this is our land. We claim this land in the name of whatever, probably like the queen or pumpkin spice lattes is what they claimed the land of the North American continent for. Now, of course, the orange octopus uh, does not like the fact that 13 states and 130 different American cities have decided to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, he says we should celebrate Columbus and keep up the statues and remember the great history. But now, you know, I'm just going to reiterate what I just said. The history of Columbus is not one of greatness. It's of enslavement, violence, and death. So, I mean, you know, just saying. Um, Orangey, much like a lot of white Americans who agree with his racism and bigotry, think and say that by celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day, we're rewriting history. But on the contrary, on the contrary, the huge contrary that I want you to understand is that we are actually giving a more accurate account of history and delivering it in an honest manner. Um, just how people who love the Confederacy and Confederate flags say that the flag, it's only about choice and it's about freedom. While the Confederacy was fighting to give people the right to have slaves. So anything that's tied to the Confederacy has to do with enslavement and slavery of black people. I know that's a big and hard pill to swallow. Very, very hard, very, very hard, hard pill, pill to swallow. But you have to understand, you cannot just omit one part of the history and say that it didn't stand for anything else like that. It just does not make sense. So we can't say that Columbus did great things while at the same time he enslaved people, killed people, stole from them, and then spread smallpox. Like, you can't. You can't omit those two things. It's kind of like, oh, I love Jiffy peanut butter, but I'm going to leave out the fact that peanut butter is made from peanuts. You can't say you hate peanuts, but then love peanut butter. It makes no sense. And it's the same way. This just happens to be peanut butter tied in with racism and theft. Let's call a spade a spade, right? So I don't get it why people want to argue and fight and say that this is wrong. We're actually honoring the people who lived here well before their country was invaded. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. And we have to acknowledge the fact that Columbus, Christopher Columbus, who sailed the seas in 1792, 
only brought racism and enslavement to me and you. Let's just say it that way. You know, that should actually be like a cute little nursery rhyme in school. I'd be here for it. <laughs> All right. But I just wanted to bring that up. I wanted to say happy Indigenous Peoples Day to all the Indigenous people of the United States of America and also the Indigenous people of Canada and other countries that have been taken over, essentially, by this, and which I don't understand, this need to conquer and spread. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I guess that's the uh, way of some people. That is just the way of some people. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, you know, starting us off, and I typically start us off on a positive note. So here's another positive note that I'm very, very happy about. Um, a man named Donald Neely. If you're not familiar with Donald Neely, he is a man who lives in Texas. And a few months ago, we saw images of him being led around by two officers who were on horseback like he was a slave. Um, Donald Neely is now suing the city of Galveston, Texas, after being led around with his hands cuffed behind his back and a rope tied around the cuffs while two officers rode on horseback and he was made to walk in between them. Um, Neely was literally led around like a slave. This is the kind of thing that we see in movies when they catch a runaway slave and they tie him to the back of the horse and if they give them the opportunity to walk and don't drag them to death, they're led in front of other people who were slaves or other slave masters to say that this individual is less than. They are less than and that's what you need to know, that they are less than what you think a person is. Um, because he was led around like a slave, he is suing. He is suing these officers and he is suing the city of Galveston for $1 million, and I'm here for it. Uh, I want you to take all their money. Take all their money, make them eat Top Ramen. You don't even get Maruchan Ramen. You get Top Ramen in the plastic packet that looks half-melted half the time, and you don't even get to use your seasoning packet. That's how broke I want them to be after he takes them for all their money. Now, of course, these officers who led him around were not fired, and the police department that investigated itself, I mean, let's go back and just say that again, the police department that is accused of doing wrong has now investigated itself and said, nothing's wrong, nothing happened. Now, Neely was homeless at the time where the arrest occurred, and he was sleeping outside, and he was accused of criminal trespassing. So that accusation of criminal criminal trespassing is what led these officers to do this. I don't know in what way, shape, or form you think it's okay to treat somebody the way he was treated and parade them around city streets like a slave, but if you think that that's okay, then there's something definitely morally wrong with you. I really think you're the type of person who brushes their teeth and then drinks a glass of orange juice. Or I think you're the type of person who would eat french fries off of the floor that you saw sitting there for two days. Like, you're the type of person who I'm assuming when you clean out your car, you move your seats and you see candy on the floor, especially hard candy, you rinse it off with a water hose and then pop it in your mouth. Like, that's the type of person I imagine that you are if you think that this behavior is okay. Um, now, Mr. Neely did suffer injuries and emotional distress from the arrest, 
So that is another factor that is going to be a part of his lawsuit. Uh, he is no longer homeless, you know, so I'm happy to hear and say that. And he has had a great outpouring of support because, y'all, this there's no way to look at it any other way as this is completely unacceptable. It is unacceptable for actions, especially for people that we charge with taking care of our community, taking care of us, and making sure that we are safe. Because his safety was not only put in danger, but he was humiliated. He was humiliated, which, my gosh, if I could just, I just hope that those officers are mildly inconvenienced for the rest of their life. Like they turn on a light and the light immediately burns out. They go to grab a pen and the pen is out of ink. They get in their car and their gas light's on. They get in their car and maybe they have a flat tire. Or you know what? They try to have sex and they just can't get it up. I hope that they have mild inconveniences for the rest of their life because they have, they have scarred this man. He's scarred. I can only imagine how deep and deep that trauma goes. Um, it just, it drives me insane to see it. And, you know, we're going to see more of this as the days go on, the closer we get to the election. We're going to see more and more things that have to do with just flat out racism and blatant rhetoric that's meant to intimidate people, especially on the form of hate. And it's scary, y'all. It is very, 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 very scary. But our voices are here to speak up and make sure that we are not letting this happen. All right. So now the next thing I want to talk about, this is another story in the news that kind of grabbed my attention. It really got me and I thought it was hilarious. So I'm going to just start this off by saying whenever you go to a museum and if you've been to a museum as a kid, as an adult or anything, you know that you're not supposed to touch anything. You are not supposed to touch anything. You're supposed to leave it all alone. Do not touch the shit in the museums. The same thing goes for archaeological sites or world heritage sites, sites that we're supposed to keep preserved and you're not supposed to touch it. So a tourist from Canada who stole artifacts from Pompeii has now returned those artifacts after 15 years and claims that she has been cursed by those our artifacts. Um, the woman is from Canada, and her name is Nicole. Uh, that's all that they gave as far as her name and all the news reports that I read. But Nicole decided to take her little happy ass to the archaeological park of Pompeii and said, you know what? This would be a great idea for me to take items from a site where a whole population of people were wiped out by a volcano. Nicole took two white mosaic tiles, two pieces of an amphora vase, and a singular piece of ceramic wall from the site. She returned them to the archaeological park of Pompeii, along with a letter 15 years later, <laughs> I'm sorry, 15 years later, stating she wanted to have a piece of history and she was young and dumb when she stole them. Now, this is the part where it gets good. Um, 
uh, no, I'm not going to revel in the terrible things that she has. But since stealing the artifact, she says that she has suffered a curse. She has suffered a curse from stealing them. And this is when she got back to Canada. Once she got back to Canada, she has had to have a double mastectomy, and her family has had tons of financial trouble. So no more trips to Pompeii. She couldn't even take them back in person. She had to send them in the mail. That's how hard her financial troubles have been. Um, so in a statement that she wrote as a part of the letter, she said that she had this curse and she wanted to return the artifacts and she actually gave another piece of ceramic tile to a friend of hers. Now, there's no word on the friend if the friend has been going through the curse, and I'm going to say in air quotes, the Pompeii curse, but I mean, the people of Pompeii, they were probably pretty mad. I mean, if I got encased in a pyroclastic flow because I was just trying to live my life and I didn't understand what a volcano was, but then this person with all this privilege comes and steals a piece of my amphora pot or came and stole part of the mosaic tile in my house, bitch, you can guarantee I'm going to curse you. I'm going to curse the shit out of you. I'm going to haunt you as long as I can haunt you. I'm going to make sure that every time you go to McDonald's, they drown your sandwich in mayo. I'm going to give you the curse of Walmart, where every time you go into Walmart, I mean, we all are already living this curse anyways, and it's worse during the holidays, but I'm going to make sure you have to wait in the longest line possible. <laughs> I'm also going to make sure that every time you try to pull milk out of your refrigerator and drink it, it's curdled and chunky. Mm, that'll mess with you. But I can't say that a curse is real. Um, but when you go to a museum, whenever you go to some place where there's things that you're not supposed to do, they always have signs that say, don't, don't touch it. Do not touch it. Um, I feel like there should be an old woman who's a teacher, like you see in the old movies, that slaps your hand with the yardstick as soon as you try to touch something in the museum. You just hear that nice, good whack right on the hand. And that would teach people not to touch things. Here at the artifact site of Pompeii, it should be the same thing. Or, you know, maybe if she was married or had a partner or something at the time, they should have looked at her and said, like, you are not getting back in bed with me if you're going to bring this cursed object home. Like, come on. That's like going to the Museum of the Devil and grabbing the Devil's Bible and taking it home and then wondering why you now have demons in your house. Like, girl, come on. But so, um, now, Nicole is not special in this happening. She isn't the only person to, in air quotes, repurpose an artifact or take home a piece of history with her. But you know, Nicole, you could have just snapped a picture. You could have just literally snapped a picture. This was 15 years ago, so I know that Polaroid cameras were in existence. I mean, you probably had like a shitty, like pixelated camera on your phone, but you could have just got one of those wind up Kodak cameras and just winded the bitch up, taking another picture, and you would have been good. You could have taken history home with you that way. But because you want to be so proactive, you got cursed. But now she is not special in what happened to her. Uh, Nicole is just one of hundreds of people who've stolen artifacts from Pompeii. And a majority of them, if not all of them, have returned the artifacts saying that they have dealt with a curse from getting the artifacts. Um, curses as far as wallflower irons not working pancakes not tasting like pancakes they happen to taste like bologna uh car trouble 
multiple family deaths, all kinds of things ever since they touched those things from Pompeii. I don't understand what you people don't get about it, but you do not take something from a site of mass death and expect it to be imbued with energy of goodness. It just doesn't work that way. We're in Halloween time now. It's Halloween season. You know what curses and witches are not doing when they create a curse or when they make their brew in like the big pot? They're not putting in sunshine, lollipops, and raindrops. They're putting in like cursed items, eye of newt, frogs, and spiders, and poison. These are all the ingredients that make the perfect little curse. So why would you think taking home something that has just been around massive amounts of death is going to create something beautiful for you? I'm just saying, it doesn't work out that way. So people, when you go to museums, when you go to World Heritage Sites, when you go to places where things like this are happening, don't touch. Look, but don't touch. L-B-D-T from that great song, Look, But Don't Touch. <laughs> Nicole, I hope that your curse is gone now that you have returned the artifacts with a chintzy written letter uh, to Pompeii. But if your curse hasn't subsided or gone away, the only thing I can say to you is, oh, well, girl, and good riddance, because I got to say, you deserve this one if the curse is real. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm going to take a little break. Uh, let's make some coins, and I'm going to make a nice little cup of coffee, because we're about to come back to some of the bullshits now. Um, more bullshit than a curse and the other things that have happened. But you know what? I'm not even going to give you a hint. I'm not even going to give you a hint indicator. Check out a, world from, a word from our sponsors, and boom, I'll be back. All right, y'all. I am back. I have returned um, from this little breaky poos. And now we're going to get into something. Um, well, you know what? We're just going to get into the shit. We are. We're going to get into the shit and I'm here for it. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about, I've had a few people reach out to me and obviously you're not a heavy listener of the show based on what you've sent to me in emails, but quoting people like Stacey Dash Ben Carson, Kanye, Terry Crews, the Hodge Twins, Pastor Darrell Scott, Diamond and Silk, Candace Owens. I've had people reach out to me because they said, well, it can't be all bad for black people and black people can't be suffering that much because these people, the people I just named, are standing up for the Republicans and Trump and all these things, these black conservatives for Trump. Now, the people that I named is just a very uh, small, small list of black people who have been on the campaign trail for their love of the apricot alien. Um, the apricot alien who happens to occupy the White House right now. Uh, you know, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I've asked people to not quote these people to me or the moment you try to use one of these people in your argument, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. And I say this last week, and I just got to reiterate this fact. Um, about 90% of the names that I just named, all of them have bad hair. Um, all of the men really have bad edge-ups. 
all of the women have a lot of split ends and obviously don't moisturize and take care of their hair properly. Um, black hair, it, you do have to take care of it differently than you would as somebody who's a white counterpart. Um, our hair textures, our styles, our way our hair just lays on our heads, it's different. And all of these people that I just named that people have quoted to me or tried to talk to me about, they all have really bad hair. If your hair looks bad, the rest of you isn't really going to be that good. You know, I look at things from a top-down perspective. So if you can't take care of the thing that's at the very top of your body, that's going to be on display no matter where you're at, ugh. I mean, I'm not even saying you have to have a certain style. Just take care of it. Just take care of it. Most of these people, their hair looks like it was dumped in a deep fryer of acid. And it's like, what? What were you thinking? But again, I just want to ask people, please do not bring up these people to me and say, oh, you should support the oct the apricot alien. No, no, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And now, you know the reason why I can't do it. I'm just going to bring up some of these things that uh, I want to talk about. These people, I'm going to go through the list of names again. Herschel Walker, Kanye West, Terry Crews, Stacey Dash, Ben Carson, Jim Brown, Ray Lewis, Pastor Darrell Scott, the Hodge Twins, Diamond and Silk, and Candace Owens. They all, unfortunately, seem they are in The Sunken Place. If you're not familiar with The Sunken Place, watch the movie Get Out. You'll understand the reference once you watch it. Um, unfortunately, they just all seem that they are in The Sunken Place, and everything that the person that they are representing, the orange octopus who's in the White House right now, and his cohort, uh, what am I going to call his uh, cohort in the White House? Flyhead Pence? No, I don't really like that. Um, the Pensky truck. <laughs> Whatever we're going to call him. Um, both of them only want to destroy everything that you've been able to accomplish yourself. I mean, let's just take it into account that you're standing for these people. You are screaming at the top of your lungs. You're standing on the mountain. You're attacking other black people who say that he's evil, that he's going to destroy the community more than he's already destroyed it. And if you haven't realized throughout all of his like little rallies and stuff where he had people talk about all the greatness in his supporters, you were blissfully excluded from that group of people. Blissfully excluded. Let's also talk about the fact that he supports organizations that do not support the equality and rights that are meant for black people. So do you think just because you're saying to him, oh, we support you, we love you, we want to be in your space and your presence, and we really want to be on our knees, and you just unleash the beast on our face? Do you think that that's going to remain the same if he gets elected again? Do you think that your rights are not going to be the ones to be taken away or infringed upon? Do you honestly think that he cares about you? If you do, I will definitely take you in my thoughts and send you some good vibes and hopefully that you understand and you get the wake-up call that you need. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, like, just take, I'm just going to take a couple of people into account here. Ben Carson. I remember I learned about you in elementary school, and you were so smart. 
we had books on you, we watched documentaries, we wrote essays about you because you were this amazing neurosurgeon and brain surgeon who just couldn't be stopped. And you were a black man who came from poverty, a broken home, and you you pulled your own self up. It wasn't bootstraps, nobody assisted you. You became this amazing surgeon, world renowned. And now I look at you and I'm like, you are just about as smart as a brick. Dumb can't get more dumb than you. Like, I just don't understand it. First, you're a world-renowned brain surgeon. You didn't even get appointed to, like, the Surgeon General or somebody had to do something with health care. You got put into the position of housing because you're black, Uh, especially urban development. Urban, I say it again in air quotes, because you're black. That's why you got put there. A black face needed to be put there, and that's all that that's about. And if you haven't noticed, if you don't know, you really suck at your job. You are not good at your job. You've never been good at your job. You've never been respected in your position. And you don't even know how to shop for office furniture without spending almost millions of dollars on it when you don't fucking need it. But then you threw your wife under the bus. But I mean, I can't expect you to have much integrity as the person that you are now just based on your own actions. Um, Pastor Darrell Scott The only thing I'm going to say about Darrell Scott is that he's a pastor in a black church who is preaching coonism from the pulpit. He is a coon in control. He is a Christian coon. Um, How else can I say this? He is an evangelical idiot. Um, You're just a dumbass. You are a dumbass. You have the nerve to claim that Trump is a gift from God for us, that God is guiding his actions. Well, if God is guiding his actions, again, I'm already happy I've separated that relationship, but God, stay away from me even more if you support that. If you support that bullshit, that's all I can say is that, dude, you definitely don't care about black people, never cared about black people, and I'm pretty sure you're taking the offering money and you're donating it to the Orange Relief Fund. Now, I'm going to go on from you, Pastor Darrell Scott, because I just don't even have time for you today. You're just about as smart as a brick, and you know what? When you open up the Bible, I hope that the next time you open it, it's got like a pie in it or something, you get pied in the face. Or maybe if you have a bookmark in your Bible, I hope you lose your bookmark place. That would be kind of (laughs) nice. Now, I'm going to go on to these next two women. Um, They stick out in my head because... Their eyebrows are so sharp, they could probably poke out an eye. But uh, Diamond and Silk, these are two black women who have screamed at the top of their lungs their love of Trump. They were at a Trump rally before, and they got up there and talked, and they did their little song and dance and jig and the minstrel show and had themselves a good little time, you know. They did their uh, shuck and jive for Donald Trump, and he rewarded them by letting them come on stage with him. Um, These two women have been banned from multiple social media platforms, (laughs) including YouTube and Twitter, because they were spreading false lies about COVID and the coronavirus. Um, They also were on Fox News, and I think they had like their own little TV show on Fox News, which then their show got canceled because they were spreading lies about their coronavirus. And if you get canceled by Fox News and Fox News actually fact checks you, come on now. 
Fox News is the least factual news network in the world. Um, I'm pretty sure school news has more facts in it than Fox News. But after getting banned and shunned, you know what didn't happen? They didn't get to speak at another rally. So Diamond and Silk, how's that working out for you? Um, you know what? I'm going to call you Cubic Zirconia and Polyester. So Cubic Zirconia and Polyester, y'all kind of got screwed. Um, the apricot alien didn't even come to your defense when you were saying that you were being discriminated against. Because you know why? He didn't care. Because you know who's not getting discriminated against? Him. So he doesn't care. If you haven't picked up yet that that means you are inconsequential in the eyes of the people that you're supporting, I don't know what else is going to be the wake-up call for you. Maybe you got the wigs on a little too tight, ladies. Maybe those glasses, those cat-eye glasses are blinding your vision and you just can't get it. But the alabaster alien has showed you his hand and you didn't listen to it. And it's your fault. It's your fault that it happened to you. So I don't feel bad for you. Now, I could go on and on on each of the people on this list because it keeps growing. And their coonism never surprises me just how far they're going to go. Um, but all I can say is we get closer to this election more and more. Videos, commercials, media are going to get posted with these individuals to say that Donald Trump is on the side of black people. Educate your friends and family members to know who these people are and identify them because this is just a pandering technique to black audiences. They just want to pander to black people, say that the community is going to get better, say that the community is going to grow for us, and say that the orange octopus is in our favor, favor especially like with that little billion dollar platinum package he was going to give to the black community. The only thing I can say about that is if he really cared about the African-American community and the black people in this world, he would have already done that his first year in office. Why would you wait four years and then right before you get elected say, hey, I've got this billion dollar package, platinum package that I'm going to give to the African-American community. I'm going to make the black community better. You should have done that four years ago. As opposed to sitting here arguing about nothing, being upset about nothing, being upset that you're getting fact-checked, you could have just started this plan, and I'm pretty sure it would have passed through the Congress and Senate altogether, and we could have been reaping the benefits of this plan if this plan is actually going to benefit black people, and we could have seen just how much it could have grown, as opposed to trying to release it now and thinking that we're going to jump on the bandwagon. I mean, that's all I can say. I can't give any more of these coons my time, so we're moving on to the next subject, y'all. But at the end of the day, I just hope that all of you out there who see these commercials, you can identify these individuals and know not to be fooled by the false information that they're going to present to you. All right. So our next thing that I'm going to talk about, if you have not been seeing the news, um, yesterday was day one of the Senate confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. So yesterday was day one, today is day two. On day one, if you have not followed it, um, maybe because you're just annoyed with all the political garbage that we have on television now, and maybe you decided to watch The Bachelorette, which, I mean, if you want to watch The Bachelorette, it's your thing to do. I'm not going to fault anybody who watches it. 
But uh, it's caused quite the uproar in the media and the Senate and just in the political spectrum. Now, the reason why that's happened is back in 2016, President Barack Obama nominated Merrill, I'm sorry, Merrick Garland to replace Justice Scalia on the Supreme Court after Antonin Scalia passed away. Chintzy Lindsey Graham opposed the nomination on the grounds that a president should not be nominating a Supreme Court justice as they're leaving office. Now, Chintzy Graham said, I want you to use my words against me. If there is a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make the nomination. Now, if you are not familiar with it, we are in the last year of the presidency of the apricot alien. And there's an open seat in the Supreme Court. We are doing exactly what Chintzy Graham said he would not do. And he asked for us to use his words against him if he went against it. Now, of course, as expected, he is backpedaling on his own words. Um, on day one of the Senate confirmation hearing, he said this, we can talk about history, but here's the history as I understand it. That right there tells you that he's about to backpedal and be a complete pussy on what he said. No backbone. He couldn't keep the same energy. But he went on to say, there's never been a situation where you had a president of one party and the Senate of another where the nominee, the replacement, was made in election year. It's been over 140 years ago. I think there have been 19 vacancies filled in an election year. 17 of the 19 were conformed to the court when the party of president and the Senate were the same. In terms of timing, the hearing is starting 16 days after nomination. More than half of all Supreme Court hearings have been held within 16 days of the announcement of a nominee. Now, he pretty much talked in circles. He talked in circles and he wanted to backpedal on what he said. His own words, Chintzy, do not forget your own words. You said that this should not be happening. You said this yourself and you asked us to bring you to the floor and say, you said this, but now you're backpedaling, you're trying to explain it. You're trying to make it seem like it's some great thing. Chintzy, sweetheart, I'm going to need you to take several seats. Go kick some rocks, maybe drink a little bleach, swish it around in your mouth, have a little Clorox cocktail. Or you know what? Do one better for me. Just stand up in your shit and say what it really is. Say the fact that you made your original statement in 2016 was because it was Barack Obama who was pushing for a Senate justice and it had nothing to do with anybody else. I don't know if it was the tan suit that really pissed you off or the fact that Barack Obama was black or that Barack Obama is a much better man than you could have ever hoped to be even on your best day. Um, but it really just sounds like you're just spewing shit out of your mouth and you can't understand it. You know, 
typically in videos that I watch that we've seen on television, that we've seen on YouTube, the viral videos that are out there, somebody would really come and press you and bop you in the face just like a bop it um, for what you do. And you can't even handle the situation. You made these statements and now you can't even stand by the statements that you made. That's why you're probably going to get voted out of office this year, which I really hope you do. You can't even stand up and keep the same energy for the statements you make. So why should people be voting? I'm sorry, excuse me. Why should people be voting for you? That just makes no sense. Um, this whole situation is nothing more than an attempt to keep the orange octopus in office, or at least make the Supreme Court even more conservative, and making it far more difficult for a vast majority of Americans to live. I mean, I already broke down one of the Supreme Court justices who happens to be on the bench right now, uh, Clarence Uncle Thomas. And it's just getting worse and worse. Now, we know this election. Um, ugh, what's another one I can call him? You know, I'm going to call him the Goldenrod Gremlin. Y'all, there are so many names for the color orange. I love it. Um, we know that the Goldenrod Gremlin has said he is well, has not actually come out and said it, that he will not have a peaceful transition of power, but has refused to answer that there will be a peaceful transition of power. And electing more people to the Supreme Court who would support his views that are conservative could make this a very messy transfer of power and situation as it goes to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's what's happening here, people. That is what he's doing, and I just want to make it very clear we have to be aware of the things that are happening. So as we vote, let's vote out Chintzy Graham. Let's vote out Moscow Mitch. That's also Bitch McConnell. Um, let's make sure we change the Senate. Change the Senate so it's blue again. And from there, then we can fix all the problems with Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden is not the best thing that's out there, but we can definitely switch him. Um, and you know what? That brings me to one other point. I saw something today that Kanye West has now released his first presidential campaign ad, and he's asking to be written in as a candidate. Please do not make him a writing candidate, y'all. Do not vote for that man. Do not vote for him. Get him some help. Get him some counseling. Get him on a board of trustees or something where maybe he can get some help that he needs. But do not write him in. Do not throw away your vote. Writing him in as a candidate is throwing away your vote. It will split the vote from the Democratic Party, and that will leave us in the same situation where we are now, where we have this fucking idiot in office. So just please don't do that. Just please don't. All right. <laughs> so the last thing that I want to talk about with y'all today, and this got sent over to me by um, a friend of mine, and I want to thank you for sending it to me. It has to do with Atlanta Pride. Uh, Atlanta Pride, this is not Black Pride, but this is Atlanta Pride, is in full effect now. It's that time of year in ATL where you get to go be glittery in boy shorts, tank tops, crop tops, platform shoes, dress like a club kid, and go out and lose your mind. Um, this year, the official organization that conducts ATL Pride has chosen to make all of the events remote and done by video. Because, of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, there is an airborne pathogen out there that's taken us out. Um, the only way you wouldn't know that we were in a pandemic right now is, let's say maybe you had a hookup night back in January and 
you got put in a sex wing and your cell phone and all your other effects are in another part of the house, and you've just never been taken out of the sex wing. Maybe you've been in the sex wing for the last, what, nine and a half months, and you just didn't know. Um, and you were deprived of all media. Or maybe, maybe you were on that island of, it's an indigenous tribe, and I want to say it's in New Guinea, where they don't have contact with the outside world, except that one Christian missionary who went to their island, and then they swish-cheesed him up with a set of arrows. Let's just say it that way. Um... I mean, all I can say is that if you don't know a pandemic that's going on right now, then I I am very scared for you. But there have been tons of videos that have been posted online from unofficial gay pride events, circuit parties that are happening in Atlanta now. Um, the most recent one that I saw was on October 11th, and it shows hundreds of men at a circuit party. I don't think I saw one mask in sight. There's all in the space dancing to strobe lights and music and of course you see like the stereotypical and i'm gonna say stereotypical gay dance where the music's pumping it's like and everybody's fist pumping and they're doing this like weird pelvic thrust thing or stomping or jumping around and they're all in each other's faces and they're tight body cisgendered white men all in boy shorts or whatever kind of leather stuff they have on, which I mean, have yourself a great time. If you're going to be a muscle hunk, have yourself a great time. Enjoy it. But y'all have to understand that this virus is airborne and it's floating around the air that you're dancing in. And when you're dancing, especially in that type of environment, and you never know if drugs are present, but sometimes they can be, your inhibitions are going to be very low. Um, well, I'm sorry, your habitions are going to be very low, so you're going to be inhibited in your activities. You're going to see people you want to hook up with and have fun with. You're probably going to make out with a bunch of people. But don't forget that there's viruses still happening. I mean, we saw what happened on Fire Island. Fire Island a few months ago, somebody was there and they're posting, oh my God, I feel like shit, I have COVID, but I want to be here to party with the boys. And you're going to be infecting other people. You're going to get infected yourself, possibly. Or who knows what can happen. Or maybe this virus now has a chance to mutate even more and start fucking us up all over the place. Just stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Or be safe about it. I mean, why don't you get a hazmat suit or like one of those astronaut suits Ooh, have like an astronaut pride party where everybody has their own oxygen, they're hermetically sealed in a suit, and you can still bump and grind your parts together. I mean, it just means you don't get to see somebody's hunky chest or idea, somebody out there, make the hazmat suit that's see-through so I can have my boy shorts on under it and be short shirtless and you can see my hot, rock-hard abs and everything, but I'm still safe and you are still safe. Um, you know, I just get that we're all tired of this pandemic. Y'all, I get it. I really get it. We want it to be over, but it's not going to end if we're all out here breaking rules, breaking quarantine, exposing ourselves more, and exposing other people. It's just not going to get easier. Um, and Rona, Miss Rona, she's like inviting somebody to a dinner party. When you invite somebody to a dinner party, they're going to stay for the food because they're there to have dinner. And as long as you keep bringing out food, as long as you keep serving dinner, they don't have a reason to leave. And that's kind of what's happening here. 
Rona's not leaving because we keep presenting more opportunities to have super infections and super spreader events. So she's not going anywhere. She's like, you know what? If you girls are going to sit here and keep giving me more bodies to infect that I haven't touched yet, I'm going to stay right here. Sign me up. I will take the platinum package to get into your airways, and that way you can't get rid of me, bitch. That's what's happening. So I just wanted to leave that little word of thought. If you're down there in ATL, please be safe. Just make sure that you're safeguarding yourself. Mask up. Put anything on. I mean, you can even have really hot gay sex in a mask. Ugh, oh my gosh. Giving oral through a surgical mask. Try it if you haven't tried it. Don't knock until you try it. <laughs> but all right, y'all, that's going to be it for today. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up here. If you enjoy the show, I'm again asking you to leave me five stars. Give me a comment rating on whatever podcast app that you're listening to, because without you, this show is not possible. And I really appreciate y'all. This has been a great journey so far, and I can't wait to see where the rest of it goes. And oh boy, I cannot wait until election season is over, because we're going to have some special events coming up. I've got some good treats in store for y'all. But I will see you on the other side, and bye!